We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Greg Keating. Greg is the Director of Sales and Operations for Hangar 12. Greg received his undergraduate degree in marketing and supply chain management from the University of Illinois and received his MBA with a focus in data analytics from the University of St. Thomas in Minneapolis. He brings Fortune 500 experience from Coca-Cola and Ecolab, including project management, data analytics, and selling expertise that helps his marketing agency build brand equity, trial, and loyalty for companies of all sizes. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, Lori. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. We're both in the world of marketing, so I know it's going to be a good one. (laughs) That's right. But your marketing space is a little bit different than mine. So I know you're more in the consumer packaged goods market. Can you tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit how the consumer packaged goods market has changed in the last few years, especially as it relates to shopper marketing? Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, I'm not sure how familiar you are with shopper marketing uh, currently, but in the past, I think shopper marketing was defined as any kind of marketing activation that took place in a retail store. So this might be product sampling or a nice fancy aisle end cap, in-store signage, those types of things. Nowadays, while those things I just mentioned still exist and are very important, the shopper marketing environment has definitely moved online. So the amount of digital activity from retail consumer shoppers has dramatically affected that shopper marketing landscape. So we're talking about six-figure media buys for a walmart.com homepage takeover, utilizing the Ibotta rebate app and leveraging programmatic banner ads that link out to things like store locators. So ultimately, if you're doing it right, all of those things tie in with the more traditional shopper marketing elements that I mentioned previously, but you're really working to create a kind of seamless online and offline shopping experience. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I've read a lot of articles around that. I mean, I folk, our agency only focuses in the digital space. So you've probably been doing a lot of research in, in how to integrate the two, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting that I work for my dad's agency, you know, 30 years ago when he was doing this, they were doing a lot of cardboard cutouts and, and very, <laughs> you know, traditional in-store marketing types of things. And just to see how much he's adapted and how much our agency has moved into the digital space and become experts in that area is just wild. I'm sure. So what are some new or interesting B2C social media insights that your agency has come across recently? Yeah. So the unexpected channel our agency has really leaned into recently is Pinterest. Okay. I think Pinterest, you know, might maybe has a stigma around it of being only for this super niche audience of artsy people. And and that really just isn't the case. What we've seen from some of our recent campaigns is that 
people of all genders, ages, all these different demographics are using this platform as a more effective visual Google search. So the click-through rates have been shockingly good. The cost per click is low because I think advertisers maybe aren't fully bought into its validity yet. So it's a really good blend of cost and benefit at the moment. And, you know, when I've seen the research around tying the consumer goods space to digital, I'd say Pinterest is probably the one that pops up the most. And then Instagram probably closely behind that, I'd imagine. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, with, with Instagram, we have gotten a lot of traction with our brand clients. Pinterest is a little bit more of a challenge just to kind of bring them along on that journey mm -hmm. uh, and make those connection points. So, so they buy into it as well, but we've really started to uh, see success in that area. Nice. All right. So Greg, the goal of my show is to help alleviate our listeners with any fears that they have when it comes to the topic of networking. So can you share with our listeners one of your favorite or most successful networking experiences that you've had? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my first boss at my previous employer, Ecolab, we mentioned, would bring me at the time into these really high level supply chain strategy meetings with her because I had this sort of very specific knowledge on one of our company's key customer delivery metrics. So to set the stage, this is a round table with the chief supply chain officer, VP of finance, director of manufacturing, uh, all these people who make more money than I've ever seen and have <laughs> incredible pedigrees from Ivy League schools, you know, super intimidating setting. Meanwhile, I'm there kind of sitting in the back of the room against the wall, trying not to move or be noticed. And I'm wondering why I'm in there every month. But eventually I got asked a direct question by our chief supply chain officer, who's again, this big intimidating genius. And he asks about why the metric is a certain way. And I was able to give my two cents on why I thought it wasn't necessarily representative of reality. And here's how I'd recommend we fix it, yada, yada. But ultimately, because of that one moment, I got put on a project where I traveled across the USA to our top 10 production facilities and essentially worked on mapping out our supply chain network and manufacturing capabilities over the course of the next six months uh, to deliver that to our chief supply chain officer. So the reality for me is that none of that would have happened if my boss did not recognize that I had this particular knowledge and then put me in a setting I was honestly unqualified to be in solely to give me the shot at that one opportunity to contribute. So she really taught me, I'd say the value of empowering people, um, giving them introductions wherever possible, and then putting them or, you know, nowadays myself in uncomfortable positions with a readiness to contribute at some of those unexpected moments. So that was just a really early on in my career, an awesome example of, you know, how, how to give someone a, a path to success and set them up for that moment to make connections that they might not otherwise be able to make. No, oh, it's a great story. And I think it, I mean, so much truth there is to um, empowering others to, succeed. And I'm really hopeful that you pay that forward and, you know, some opportunity in the future and some 
young whippersnappers <laughs> got some <laughs> some value to bring and you know they may not see it but you know you see it and are open to sharing that i think it's a great story i love it thank you for sharing that with us yeah absolutely so as you've obviously traveled the world and or the, the country that you, you shared, um, you've met uh, people all over. So your network and your community has grown significantly. How do you stay in front of or best nurture these relationships that you've created? So one thing is that our agency that I currently work at is fully remote. So I would say I've got Zoom down to a science. <laughs> um, I love video chatting. Uh, it used to make me, I think, feel a little bit awkward because you can constantly see yourself during meetings and you know, there's different visual dynamics over, over video calls. But now I even encourage it with my family and friends, which obviously has started to become more of the norm with our current coronavirus situation. Mm -hmm. uh, but I certainly use it for work as well. So I would say I'm always initiating video calls wherever possible. Uh, to meet people face-to-face -face and just have an honest conversation with them. I think that has probably helped me foster business opportunities far more than any phone call I've ever made. I, I love the video calls, actually. I think that's great. Um, I was just having this conversation with my husband because he's just learning how to use Zoom, <laughs> which it's funny because I've been using it for years. But uh, yeah, it's definitely it has a different dynamic than just picking up the phone. You, you get to see how other people are, are responding to whatever it is that you're saying. So that's fantastic. Yep, absolutely. And, and I can say that our agency has found a ton of value from that. You know, we have some more traditional clients that are used to simply using the phone, hopping on a conference call. And so encouraging them to jump on a video, I think has just made our connection with them that much more uh, personal. That's great. I love that. So what advice would you offer the business professional who's looking to grow their network? This is a great question. This is one I'm still learning for sure <laughs> uh, myself, but uh, I'm, I'm actually more new to the sales side of things. So I've really been doing a lot of training and, and networking myself. But um, some of that advice I would offer is to say yes to almost everything. Uh, so I think there may be certain instances where there are non-value add opportunities being offered to you, but 95% of the time, there's something to learn or some connection to be made. So if that's seminars, webinars, podcasts, like you offered up to me here, guest blog opportunities, happy hour events, you know, anything like that, networking groups or associations, all those things are going to introduce you to new people who can help you. And you're just limiting yourself and you're not going to grow by skipping out on them. So um, I think I tend to be a little more introverted and find an excuse in my head before I even, you know, have considered it. And I've really started to shift away from that and just lean more into uh, saying yes. I think that's great. Um, I know when I kind of got started in the networking space, I took a similar route of, you know, whatever I'm invited to, I'm just, I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then eventually I kind of got a little bit more selective, but it, it was definitely a good way to see all of the variety that's out there as you kind of list it off and, networking groups or you know seminars conferences just happy hours there's a lot of different ways to connect with people definitely 
So digital networking or traditional networking, which one do you find more value in? Uh, you might be able to guess. I'm, I'm a little biased because I'm remote, but <laughs> I think digital networking is just something people need to get more comfortable with. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, I believe it's easier to engage with someone in person, no question, but that's not always possible. Again, obviously that's true now more than ever. And, and we still need to be able to cope with that. So mm -hmm. I'm a huge advocate for digital networking. I think if you can get that down and fine tune that approach, you just open so many more doors than might otherwise be possible uh, in a traditional physical setting. So that's one where I would just encourage people. And again, it's something I encourage myself in every day is to just lean into that uh, because your, your geographical boundaries really disappear when uh, you're focused in the, the digital networking space. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, traditional, you're as, as far as you can reach traditional is, you know, your proximity within the next person you're talking to. Um, but digital definitely lets you... Yeah, there's no borders, which is fantastic. Um, and I, I love it because of that same reason. The other part I love about digital is your message can reach a number of people, you know, one message to many, as opposed to the one-on-one -on -one, um, with the traditional sense. Absolutely. That's so true. And, and I would even say with digital too, you know, depending on what you're trying to do, you can control that targeting a lot better. Um, you know, like you said, you can reach a really broad audience, or if you are trying to target or reach a very specific niche, niche group, you could do that uh, digitally as well, um, you know, through, through different targeting measures. So I think there's a lot of flexibility there. That's fantastic. All right, let's move to a fun question. If you could go back <laughs> to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Yeah, absolutely. So this one, again, is probably going to harken back to some of the things I've been saying already. But when I was, I would tell myself to join more groups and clubs. So again, I would, I would call myself an introvert, you know, even throughout college, I really feel like I didn't take advantage of the resources available, available to me. The University of Illinois is a huge you know, Big Ten school down in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. Um, and there's 40,000 undergrads there that are all trying to uh, meet and connect and network and form a community. Um, and that's, you know, especially true nowadays in the professional environment outside of the, the college environment as well. So I would 100% recommend getting involved in employee clubs, peer networking groups, anything that can provide um, a real sense of community is ultimately going to help you grow and learn over time. And that's just something I didn't buy into at a young age. And I think, you know, that hindered me a little bit in terms of making some of those connections, uh, meeting a lot of the people that are absolutely willing to help you get a foot in the door or talk to the right person, or like you said earlier, empower you to go out and be successful. Yeah, I agree. I think there's, it took me a little while to learn that too. Um, I have probably a similar, if I could go back, uh, you know, looking at the organizations that the education systems offers now, um, there's tons of them available. 
So hopefully any students that are listening to this now, <laughs> That's right. jump, jump on that right away. And there's a group for everything is there what I've discovered. <laughs> there literally is. That's not a bad thing though. That's not a bad no, thing. No, no, definitely not. So we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Yeah, that's a great question. I love movies. I always have. Um, I kind of get into the, you know, Academy Awards season and try to watch all the best picture nominations and stuff like that. And uh, one of the kind of supporting actors who's cropped up in recent years and a lot of great movies is Sam Rockwell. Uh, and I would just love to connect with him. I think he's a phenomenal actor and storyteller and really funny dude. So I think picking his brain would be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if I could get to the sixth degree. We actually work with an entertainment marketing consultant who has a lot of connections out in LA. So mm -hmm. I think I could at the very least get on the right track, but to get to that level and uh, get into those, you know, Hollywood inner circles, that might take me a long time. <laughs> well, at least you've identified kind of your starting point, it sounds like. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Here's your opportunity to interview me with something that you'd like to ask me. So my question for you would be, what was the kind of catalyst uh, or most encouraging factor, I guess, that led you to start this podcast and kind of take ownership of it and run with it? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, and I've shared the story a couple of times, but happy to share it again. Um, so initially I was asked to be a guest on um, a, a friend's or pro professional colleague's podcast. And I was a little hesitant and nervous to do it. Um, and then I finally did it after a little pushing on his end and found that I really enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I was also trying to find what my thought leadership platform was going to be, um, you know, as as um, leaders in especially in the marketing space, we need a platform, you know, so blogging is great, but then you do it for a couple months and then you just you forget, <laughs> you know, video. Um, I'm definitely becoming a lot more comfortable with video, but it, I found that it's a little bit more time consuming, um, more planning where um, podcasting, uh, I don't know, I just love it. It's easy to just have a free flowing conversation and share expertise and add value. Um, and it's easy to connect with people globally. I mean, I've interviewed people all over the world uh, on this show, which has been super fun and all different professional levels. Um, and it's been great. So yeah, I, I didn't even, I didn't even know it was going to get me to that point, but here I am over 200 episodes recorded in my third year of recordings. Um, yeah, I love it. Happy to help Can anyone I, get started. <laughs> definitely. Can I ask a follow up to that? For sure. For sure. So what do you feel like the next kind of evolution or iteration of the podcast looks like or does that take the form of some other type of media i i don't know you know it, i mean video is obviously huge right now and i i think that podcast is still slowly uh it's well and i would say slowing 
it's growing. It's still growing um, in demand and opportunity. Um, I don't know. I think video is the next, and a lot of people are already doing that. So, I mean, if you want to get deeper, it's more of the augmented reality, virtual reality elements. But I don't. I think we're far away from that being kind of a standard thought leadership platform. <laughs> For sure. But who knows yeah, what the good. future is going to bring? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, Greg, any final word of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Yeah, again, I'll say the only way to grow your network is to flex that muscle of doing new things, trying new activities, getting out of your comfort zone. For me, uh, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable is how I've started to frame that in my mind. And that's helped give me a lot of confidence to dive in. So there's a book out there called Mindset uh, that I found extremely helpful. And the premise is essentially, are you in a static mindset or a growth mindset where, you know, fear of failure and the static mindset kind of keeps you rooted and within your comfort level and current comfort zone and you don't really stretch yourself or are you willing to, you know, risk failure and challenges and hardship and take a growth mindset to that approach and go out there and focus on improving and, and bettering yourself. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's great. Um, I love that statement, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. I think that's, that is the way to grow. Um, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? I would say the best way to get a hold of me is probably find me on LinkedIn. I'm mm -hmm. pretty active there. Uh, you can follow our agency's blog posts that we do and get some additional insight into what we're all about at Hangar 12. But um, otherwise, you know, you can feel free to uh, email me at greg.keating at hangar-12.com. Um, but yeah, I'm around. So feel free to reach out. Fantastic. And we will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Greg. Thanks, Lori. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Greg for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, check out our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.